What's up, everyone? You're listening to another episode of the Alaskan Grappler Podcast. I am your host, Dennis Ockman. For this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Chris Frazier. He is the head coach of Ileson High School and Middle School. He won a state title for Ileson when he wrestled there as a freshman and sophomore, winning the title his sophomore season, and then transferred over to the North Pole to continue wrestling there for the next two years, and he took second place as a senior. I've known Chris for a long time. We've officiated together, and now we coach against one another. For this podcast, we talk about when he started wrestling, who got him into it, who his biggest influences are, the challenges he faces as a coach, we talk about the toughest people he's wrestled, his favorite moment, and so much more. Before I kick on that audio for you, though, I want to talk a little bit about the Alaskan Grappler website as well as this podcast. Let's start with the podcast. For those who have listened to more than one podcast, I just wanted to say that I ask a lot of the same questions on purpose. I like hearing about where these people come from and how they got to where they are, as well as the experiences that they've had with our sport along the way. Um, So that's not an accident. Uh, As far as the website goes, I started in August of 2018, so I now have two high school seasons under my belt while running the site. I still charge $12 per person per year for access to everything that I do, which obviously comes out to $1 a month. The site costs me about $130 per month to run. I would like to find 12 different sponsors to sponsor one month at a time for $130 so I can make it free to anyone and everyone. If you know anyone who would like to sponsor the site for a month or more, please let me know. I can put their logos on all the pages as well as links to their sites or social media, give them shout outs on the podcast or whatever they want to do for that month. Um, I can figure out things to do for that. I just need those sponsors. The problem I have with getting those sponsors is that my life is busy outside of running this website, so it's hard for me to go out and find 12 different businesses or people that would be willing to sponsor. So that is where I currently sit with the site. Um, If you have any questions or concerns or suggestions about the site or the podcast, please let me know. I'm still working on being able to do remote interviews for the podcast. Um, The other thing is Alaskan Grapplers on Facebook and Instagram, and you can find all the podcasts on Spotify, YouTube, and through the Alaskan Grappler website. That being said, here is that podcast with Chris Fazier. All right, so we're sitting here in the press box at Lathrop High School. We're about to start day two of the MAC and Denali Conference uh, tournaments. I'm sitting here with my guest, Chris Frazier. He is currently the head coach of Ileson High School and Ileson Middle School, and he wrestled for Ileson, and he also wrestled for North Pole. We're going to start and rewind time and just start with when did you start wrestling? Started wrestling in seventh grade. Okay, and then who got you into wrestling or why did you start? Uh, I got into it because of my assistant coach, Kyle Armour, also my best friend. He asked me to come out and started wrestling, picked up a few things and fell in love with the sport. Oh, wow. I had no clue. That's cool. Um so, in regards to wrestling, who has been or were your biggest influences? Maybe as a wrestler or a coach or both or whatever? I like to give thanks for three that could really come to mind as coaches, and that's uh, Vern Delaney, Junior, Lambert, and Wes Bockert. Okay. Any in particular reasons on those three? I think those are just the three most influential guys when it came to learning the sport that really impacted my life and helped me get along because they were my head coaches for nationals and then the two head coaches that I had for being at Ileson and North Pole. All right, so let's talk about your time at Ileson. When you were there, you won a state championship. Were you a freshman or a sophomore? Sophomore. Sophomore. 
Um, can you tell me a little bit about that or anything you remember? Who you wrestled in the finals? Do you remember that? Or? Uh, yeah. And so that was at 103 or 112? It was 112. I wrestled Ryan Baxter from Craig in the finals in that match. We actually made it into overtime. It was 4-2 to with about 10 seconds left in the third, and I was able to get a reversal, tied it up, went into the overtime, and then I was able to stick Take him with a head and arm. Pin oh, him. you pinned him? In the, in oh, the overtime. Nice. Were you the favorite going into the state tournament, or was I was he? not. I was ranked number three, or seeded oh, okay. number three going into that. I'd wrestled Matthew Johnson from Dillingham in the semis, who was I'd lost to kid? prior that season. Yeah. And then the kid you wrestled in the finals was the number one kid? No, he was number four. He oh, beat okay. number one. Oh, okay. uh, I can't remember who the number one was, but he nice. beat. We upset the guys one and two in the semis and then met and up in the finals. A, and then had a hell of a match. That's cool. So then you went from Ileson and then you went to North Pole for your junior and senior year. What happened? How'd that come about? Well, a mix of things. We moved out to North Pole, so that kind of made it a little bit easier for us in that aspect. Um, And I think I just wanted to expand my skill set and expand my team. And uh, Vern Delaney, a guy that I talked about earlier who I really idolized, told me, that it would be a good idea for me to switch over and start wrestling in a bigger program. And get so he wasn't upset? More. No, he oh, was okay. actually his idea. Oh, cool. So. Well, so tell me a little bit about maybe the differences of the two programs, going from wrestling for two years to Allison and then North Pole. I mean, was it just mainly having a larger team and tougher kids to wrestle? Or? Yeah, definitely larger team, tougher kids. I think it was just the atmosphere of uh, competition and intensity in the mat room itself. Everybody there wanted to win. Everybody wanted to work hard. So even though you won a state title for Ileson, and then you were in the state finals as a senior, right, at North Pole, do uh, you think you grew, I mean, going to North Pole helped you grow a lot as a wrestler? I definitely think that I grew a lot as a wrestler there. Let's talk about just maybe a little bit about uh, pre-match routine. Did you have a particular, like, pre-match routine, like when you maybe started getting up and starting to get loose, or a particular, like, I don't know, warm-up? Jesus. Didn't have a real specific warm up exactly. I would do the typical, I guess the typical wrestler warm up, ran a couple hall sprints and some push ups and shadow wrestled a little bit. Uh, I do remember I always listened to Two Step on repeat. Okay. It's the only song I would listen to. Uh, I hate that song now. <laughs> Bring it back, some, maybe some painful <laughs> memories. I have to ask you a question. I have to get up and show you this. Because me and Dylan. My little brother. Uh, we kind of always used to dog on you and Trent Lemons. Tell me about this little number when you warm up and you're jumping and you come out with your legs like this. You and you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Is there about. a particular yeah. reason on this? Because so. Trent used to do it too, and it was always mainly like funny because I didn't see many people do that. And on top of that, you wrestled for North Pole, so you always wear your Santa hat, right? So it was always yep. just bouncing up and down, and we're like, <laughs> this is this goofy, like, little, like, Dance, like not dance, but I mean, like I get it. But like, is there any reason for the particular like? So I was not the hips. Or if anybody watched me wrestle, they probably knew that I liked to leg ride a lot when I was wrestling, and uh, I always had really bad hip flexor issues. So for me to do that, it really warmed up my hips. Um, okay. And really helped stretch that out. Uh, I had hip issues in my eighth grade season, and kind of carried through even till today. I still have some hip issues, but. Yeah, it just kind of helps stretch them out and warm them up a little bit okay. and get them ready. So, yeah. But, yeah, it was kind of a funny little dance. But well, It just looked funny with the hat, you know, the bouncing yeah. up and down. and then like, That was doing on the, purpose. Yeah. 
And then you guys, or then you always wore like what pajama pants or something, or either pajama pants <clears throat> or I think midway through senior season, I found some uh, Santa boxers that had a jingle bell <laughs> okay. to go with the hat. Was that just because of like the the you know wrestling for North Pole? Yeah, like that's just all nothing in particular. Yeah. Okay. I just thought it was appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I believe. Really... And then uh, let's talk about post weigh-in. Did you have to cut a lot of weight? I mean, you were smaller, you know, for the. Mo- I mean, from what, you wrestled 135? 135 my junior and senior, senior year. So I didn't really cut too much, uh, maybe five, six pounds. It wasn't anything catastrophic. So after weigh-ins, did you have a particular, like, go-to drink or food that, like, yeah, I always, went I always some, hit? I always went for some great Pedialyte. I always had about 10 ounces or so of that just to kind of refresh the electrolytes. What about uh, food? Did you have a particular? Fruit cups. Fruit cups and is that so? Is that every time after Wayne's? I gotta have the grape Pedialyte and I gotta have the fruit cup. That's what it was. Okay, (laughs) interesting. And then uh, let's talk a little bit about coaching. So you coach at Ileson High School and Middle School. Um, How did you get that opportunity? Or how long have you been coaching? I guess we'll start with that. I've been coaching there since 2011 on the books and uh, 2013. So for 2011, that's eight years ago, right? Yep. And you're how old? 27. So pretty young, yeah. To start like you know coaching. When did you become the head coach? Do you remember? Uh, head coach was about three years ago, and then I think five years ago is when myself and Coach Armour took over the, the was, program. Was together. Vern still technically the head coach as of like three years ago, or whenever you took over? Did Vern you take it over from him? Stopped coaching, I believe it was 2013, and we took it over from him a year after that. Okay, so it was just someone else in that place. Yeah, for the time yeah. I was in uh, tech school for the military, came back, and then took over the program. So okay, then we'll get back to my initial question of just how did you get that opportunity? Where you just like. Did you reach out to someone, someone reach out to you, or like, hey, I used to go to school here? So when I was coming back from college, uh, my old coach, Vern Delaney, called me and said he wanted me to come coach for him because he needed somebody that can get on the mat and show the moves. He told the school that he wasn't going to take the job unless he had me as an assistant, so he fought for me and got me into there, and that's kind of what jump-started my coaching history. And when I came back from tech school, the guy that was – the current coach was PCS and was out of there. Okay. And so I was the first person they called to come take it over. So And without hesitation, you're like, hell yeah, I'll do that? I said I would do it, but I wasn't ready to be a head coach. <laughs> <laughs> so I made uh, Kyle Armour take it over. And uh, from there, we've just kind of co- co-head coached everything together. And Are you and Kyle same age? We are. Okay. So then I guess with like the high school thing, how did the middle school thing come about? Was that kind of like, hey, if you take this, you take that? or? Uh, we offered to do both. Because We wanted to feed our, our high school program and to have the same styles and the continuity. And just recruiting out there is tough. So if you're going into the same program you've been a, a part of already, it makes it a lot easier to keep kids in. Right. And that's another question I kind of had as far as, you know, Coaching out there, how does it work when, you know, all these kids that go to your guys' school, their families are in the Air Force, or? Uh, Not all of them. Some of them are Army. They stay on the base, and they're out there, But they all live out there. So how do you, I guess, how do you deal with the fact that, you know, you have kids constantly, like, moving, right? Or because they're only here for so many years? Every three years, we have them PCS out. So So sometimes you might get kids for, like, their freshman, sophomore, junior year, and then they're out. Or maybe get a kid late from somewhere else or whatever. You're you're a coach. You understand how hard it is to get people to come in as a freshman. Oh, yeah, They just don't start as as a freshman. So the... The ones that I usually get are 7th, 8th graders, and they're either right there first year, 
and it's easy to get them up because they don't know anybody yet, or they've been there for a while. They come up because they built some friends that are part of the program, right. and they come up, but they're only there for a year or two, yeah. and then they're out of there. If I'm real lucky, I can get parents to extend for another three years. Get them for their full term or whatever. Get them for their whole term. But. So I guess, like, I mean, that's just got to be really difficult as a coach on your part, you know, to deal with that constantly. And then I guess the other thing is, you know, you or Kyle, neither one of you are in the building at the school. No, we're not. Both of us are in the military out there. So do you guys just kind of rely on the kids to reach out to their friends? Or, like, how do you guys get people to come out yeah, to the program? Yeah, so we, uh, we tell the kids the team's their responsibility and they have to recruit. And if they don't recruit, then they're not going to get any better. Uh, other than that, the only other relationship we got going is with the AD and with the principal and just kind of some of the faculty and staff in the building telling them to try to come out. So I guess during your time so far coaching out there, being a head coach in particular, what do you think the hardest thing is? I mean, is it the recruiting or as far as like being a coach, like your job, is that the hardest part? I think the hardest part for myself isn't really the recruiting, it's the fundraising. Oh, okay. And I think that it's hard for myself and Coach Armour because during season, we have to take a lot of time off of work. We don't have the chance to live that half of our life so when we're not in season we're really focused on trying to rebuild that relationship work professionally we deploy every year we're we're working out there so we don't have the chance to really sit down and create fundraiser scheme or plans and and to go out with the kids and create a bunch of money so it's really hard for us to make money to go on trips yeah that makes sense do you guys have like a pretty good support system as far as like the kids you do have and like their parents or yeah, it's I think we go. really do. Um, being a military family, I think everybody's very close-knit. They're apart from each other enough, right. and I think that when they're around, every person has a support background that wants to be there in their corner. So if anybody's watched Ielson, I'm sure they've seen the huge crowd that comes down and sits at every mat side. I saw corner. yesterday. So, yeah. uh, it, I think your whole team was like down there. A, like a red sea sitting right behind us so yeah that's awesome. pretty awesome to see the support from the parents and, the kids, and especially because i feel like in this day and age for whatever reason you don't see that a whole lot at least like you know you that used to be like a big thing but yeah i mean yesterday we were out there watching and i saw you guys i mean we only had the one mat going and it was relatively early on but your corner was full your whole team was down there managers whatever everybody was in the corner but basically behind you and kyle like watching and cheering and whatever i'm just i'm just saying i don't see people even teams doing that a whole lot more and i don't know why but that's awesome let's uh let's talk about from like a competing standpoint what do you think the hardest part of wrestling is as a competitor is it the weight cutting is it the you know practicing the discipline of i don't know whatever dealing all that great uh you know while you're going to school or like i'd say probably the hardest part about competing is the mental discipline aspect of of what competing really entails. If you want to be good and competitive, you got to have a, a little bit of a weight cut. You got to be in shape. That added in with school and added in with hard work in the mat room and doing all of that uh, for really no reward. What am I really doing this for? The kids have to find something that motivates them to want to do it. So that mental aspect of I'm doing this for myself or I'm doing this for whoever you decide you're doing it for or whatever, but. Um, Doing all of that and doing it while you're hungry. Yeah. You, you don't have any energy refueling, or you don't have any food refueling your body, so you don't really have any energy, and it's it's tough. And if you don't have a strong mental drive, 
um, and your mental discipline, it's going to be really hard to compete at a, at a competitive and high level. Yeah, that's a good answer. I mean, I, I've talked about it to people all the time, and I'm not trying to be the one to, like, you know, dog on other sports or whatever, or, like, compare to wrestling, but I've said before that, you know, that's what a lot of people that play other sports don't really, like, you don't know how hard it is to not be able to drink, you know, a bottle of water when you want water or eat something when you're hungry just because you can compared to when you play, I imagine, any other sport, basically. And you're like, you know what? I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. I'm going to drink. I'm going to have dinner tonight. I'm going to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that aspect as well as continuing to do your grades and your conditioning and everything else that goes with the sport. It's not just making weight and coming out here and bashing with other people or whatever. So, yeah, the, the mental aspect is huge. Let's ask you this. Coaching or competing, however you want to answer it, because you've been on both, and you've been an official, by the way. That's how, I mean, I mean, you used to ref together. So you've seen this sport basically in all aspects. What do you think it takes to be successful as a wrestler? Is there one thing? Is it multiple things? Is it... You know, if someone came up, like one of your kids came and said, Coach, what do I got to do to be successful? What do you tell them? I guess definitely multiple things. Uh, Strong mental discipline. But added to that, I mean, you have to be tough. You You have to be a cerebral wrestler. And what I mean by that is time, position, score. You have to know what the score is at all times. You have to know where you're at on the mat. You have to know how much time is left on the clock. You have to do all that without looking up and looking like you're stalling. So it, it, it's a first a, sign. She's looking at the clock. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, knowing all of the rules, right? I mean, I think I started refing my sophomore year back. And I think you helped yeah, help like, get me into that. Yeah, cool. And uh, you guys teaching me all the rules and keeping me uh, up to date on everything that changed. I think that is super important with being a good uh, a good wrestler, a good ref, a good coach. Um, being up to date on everything that's going on and really understanding the differences is what makes the difference. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know if it would be possible, but if it ever was a possibility for high school wrestlers to become middle school refs while they're still in high school, I think that actually could improve people's games a lot because then, I mean, and you know from going to the meetings and stuff, you know what, like, refs are looking for at certain times, and then you know, you just, A, know more about the rules, but you know, like, what to kind of maybe do while you're out there or not do, or, like, what they're looking for when it comes to stalling or whatever, and I think that actually, no, just knowing the rules, as dumb as it is, give you, like, a major advantage over the other kids who have, might not. Yeah, I agree. Um, the challenge you'll find with that is how old the kids are, because sure. I started refing with you guys when I was only 15, and I didn't have a ride to the to the tournaments and the matches so that made it tough i wasn't available for everything but yeah as far as an athlete and a competitor and um just improving the overall sport and keep the competition up it's definitely important for everybody to do that see all the aspects if you know what the ref's looking for then you know how to show it you know how you know how to be a good sport you know how everything's called you understand what's going on yeah it's very important all right let's jump to this next question got a couple more and then i'll let you go I mean, we've still got 30 minutes or so before wrestling starts, but I'm trying to keep this relatively short. I don't want to, you know, keep these things too long. Toughest person you've wrestled in the state, not at, like, a national level, or, or maybe the toughest person or two, practice partner, someone you've wrestled. There's a lot of really tough kids uh, that I've wrestled. A lot of them can come back to mind pretty quickly. A lot. Some of them I've beaten. Some of them I never beat. 
Nathan Hoffer, Skylar Moore, Sam Loggins, all those kinds of guys that were in that in that generation with me. Grant Sullivan, Luke Shelley, uh, Ben Sullivan, um, Dylan Ackman was in that same group with me in high school. Uh, Jake Rolfs, Eric Annisberger, all those guys. In one way or another, I've either wrestled them in matches or wrestled them in practice, uh, wrestled them in camps, and just either won some or got my ass beat. But, uh, <laughs> That's a pretty good list, all, yeah. They were all really tough. It was a good it was a good run. There's a lot of really tough kids in, in yeah. the generation I went through, and there's a lot of tough now kids you, now. Now, I now think that you name all those growing. kids, man, now that I think about it, you actually were like at a time where, I mean, not that it's not, not taken away from anything now or being that guy to be like back in the day, but... You actually just rattled off a bunch of kids that were all really close within your like weight range that were all studs and super, super good. And that all wrestled for Team Alaska and, you know, did really well at the high school level and everything. So so the one question, the final question I'll ask you, which is one that I kinda like to end on. Back as a competitor, or actually as a coach, if you ha- if you can give me one as a competitor and one as a coach, cool. If not, I'll take whatever you can give me. Do you have a favorite match or a favorite maybe moment in wrestling? that comes to mind when you're like, man, I'll never forget that for whatever reason. Like, I have that moment for me as a coach. I don't think I really have that moment that I can really come to mind as a competitor, to be honest. I'd have to probably think about it a little bit. But do you have a particular match or moment that you can think of that you're like... There's a lot of moments you could think of that, that would be memorable as a competitor. But I think that being a coach is given me more meaning to the sport or I guess I I have a a bigger buy-in to it because I'm invested into a lot of people rather than just myself Um, and I think that it's happened a couple times but I got I got kids that are on my team that are some special ed kids and I got some kids that have only wrestled for a year or two and they were three years and they put their life into it for that little short amount of time and I think seeing the smile and the tears of joy coming down their face when they win or they place at state and just kind of Small school, we're not expected to do very well, and when someone actually steps up and uh, is able to shine a little bit there, it's a very, very, very rewarding moment. I like that. Yeah, fantastic answer. Well, on that, I think that we'll wrap this thing up and, and call it quits. I appreciate you sitting down and taking time to talk to me. Yeah, thanks for giving me the time to interview. Oh, yeah. Well, that does it for this episode of the Alaskan Grappler Podcast. I want to thank Chris Frazier again for taking the time to sit down and talk to me. A few things we spoke about after the podcast was done was that he added a few more tough wrestlers to the list, including Randy Hansen, Jimmy Egemeyer, Matt Malnoski, and Michaela Hutchison. The other thing we talked about is when we went to Fargo in 2008, and we were the only two undefeated people at Wiffle Ball. We also talked about a pretty bad health scare he had recently, but I'm happy to say that he is doing much better now. Thank God. Uh, That being said, be on the lookout for the next episode of the Alaskan Grappler Podcast.